The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. You're back for this week's episode of the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. We are your film breakdown team here for Big Blue View. Today's episode, we are breaking down and previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New York Giants opponent on Monday Night Football, another primetime game, more than I think... Many of us would have expected this team would be getting, considering they only have one victory. This game is not going to be an easy one. I think it's pretty easy to say that on the onset of this episode. Don't have, I I don't want to say don't have high expectations because I think that's a bit negative, but I'm hoping after we finish this episode, fans of the show and and listeners and fans of, of the Giants can understand what they need to be prepared for on Monday, because this is a very complete team. This is one of the best teams in the NFL for a reason because they're clicking on all cylinders on offense. They're clicking on all cylinders on defense. They're very rarely missing a beat against their opponents. They made the Green Bay Packers of all teams look silly and they were considered to be one of the best teams in in the NFC as well. So we need to be prepared for a very, very good Bucks team. That does not mean though, Chris, that the Giants can't play spoiler, which we've seen them do many a times against Tom Brady. No, we have seen that quite a few times. I mean, the difference is that Eli Manning is an under center, and I'm sure Tom Brady is relieved to see that. And I I know for a fact that Mark Schofield is relieved to see that, although Brady also isn't under center for the Patriots, so maybe that enthusiasm for Mark is a bit tempered. But the Giants definitely do have their their work cut out for them this game. They're going to have to play almost a perfect game, I think, to play spoiler and really surprise the Buccaneers because they are a pretty complete team and they're playing well. Yeah, they really don't have a lot of holes offensively or defensively because of how cohesively they are working together. They started the season a little bit slow and they had a bad game against the Buccaneers, or sorry, the Bears rather, 
But since then, really, they, they figured out their identity. They know what is working. And it all starts with Tom Brady, the former New England Patriots quarterback, his first year with the team. And I think it's pretty safe to say, Chris, this is not your dad's Tom Brady. He does not look anything like he used to previously uh, with the New England Patriots. He's throwing the ball a lot more downfield. He is very efficient right now, and he's got a heck of a lot of offensive weapons to throw the ball to, unlike the past few seasons when he was with New England. Yeah, he he really does look like he's turned the clock back a few years. You know, he doesn't look like he did back in, say, 2007 2011 the real dynasty years for the patriots but he does look a lot better than he did the last couple years for the patriots as you said he's stretching the field he's playing very efficient he's looking a lot further down the field than he was the last couple years with the patriots but he's getting rid of the ball even quicker so he isn't taking a whole lot of hits he's being very decisive i think that has really opened up the Bruce Arians offense. A hundred percent, because previously with Jameis Winston, the way that he was operating the offense was not getting the job done. Now you have a guy that is much less of a risk taker in an offense that does happen to take a lot of risks. That is the cohesive blend between the two different approaches of offensive play calling and also playing the quarterback position. It's working well, very, very well, together. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's a, a pairing that either could have gone very badly and or could have gone very well. You know, this could have been the offensive version of toothpaste and coffee, but instead it's uh, peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we also have to mention Mike Evans, who is right now their primary receiver. Chris Godwin is hurt, expected not to play on Monday night. Additionally, Antonio Brown signed with the team, but he is not going to be available to play until after this game. Again, also worth noting that somehow Scotty Miller leads this team in receiving yards, so he is a potential option for Tom Brady to get the ball to, as well as Rob Gronkowski, who has emerged a little bit over the past few games as not the same player he was previously, but still an option that Tom Brady will get the ball to. Yeah, you know, as we were saying before we started recording, Tom Brady loves him some Wes Welker clones. And that's kind of what Scotty Miller is. He is little. I think he's only about five, seven, five, eight, maybe five, nine, maybe 180 pounds, but he's a very quick slot receiver. He's great at slipping into voids and defenses, finding holes behind blockers and using his quickness to just pick up yards after the catch. And then I think another area where the Brady-Arians pairing has worked is that Bruce Arians has never really featured tight ends in his offense. However, Brady knows and trusts Gronk, and the year off really gave Gronkowski time to heal because he was beat up when he retired briefly. You know, he is moving a lot better now than he did that last year in New England. So with Brady trusting him more, in some cases, maybe too much, that does put the tight end into an offense that just wasn't using the position. Lastly, their rushing attack is featured and headed by two talented running backs with different 
skill sets that they bring to the table, that being Leonard Fournette, the former Jacksonville Jaguar that they signed right before the season, and also Ronald Jones, who has been with the team since the beginning of his career. He is primarily their their best option as a receiving back. He has a, a lot of different uses for this offense. And then Fournette, the more talented rusher of the two, has created a role for himself as the power back. He will take handoffs out of gun and will just power his way forward for uh, you know five to ten yards if he has the, the room and the rushing lane to do so. So having both of these guys with a little bit varying usages helps them create some some big plays rushing the ball. Yeah, and both are you know somewhat capable as receivers. You know, I don't think either one is a really great receiver, but Fournette is catching the ball better than he did in Jacksonville, and Jones is able to produce some as a receiver as well, which just gives them all the more weapons in the passing game, or at least options for checkdowns. In terms of discussing the offensive strengths, it goes in line with what we were bringing up with how Tom Brady looks very different under this Bruce Arians offense, and that is their ability to stretch the field. They're running a lot of gun. They're even running some empty where they'll have no running backs uh, next to or near Tom Brady. A lot of their concepts are very vertical. It is a lot of routes that are attacking defenses downfield. It's not like when he was in New England where a lot of those concepts were a bit more West Coast oriented. Instead, Arians' goal is to overstretch a defense and spread them out and then attack the varying lanes that he creates with their passing concepts. Yeah, you know, as we said before, Brady is looking further downfield than we have seen him. Uh, Almost all of his throws are going right to the first down marker. So, you know, on first downs, he's looking 10 yards down the field where at New England, maybe those passes were five or six yards down the field. And having play, having receiving weapons like Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin before he got hurt, but somehow, again, somehow Scotty Miller is actually leading the team in 20-yard or more receptions again we don't we don't know how this happens but he is the buccaneers offense looks a little bit more like what the patriots were running back in that 2007 era when josh mcdaniels was first experimenting with the uh, spread vertical offense and they had randy moss out there stretching the field being a big fast matchup nightmare receiver kind of like Mike Evans though he his physical ability was kind of on a different planet from pretty much anyone else and right now the the performance by Tom Brady and the way that he's able to play does I think go in correlation with with the offense like we've mentioned previously how he's working into the scheme very very well but you also have to talk about one his weapons that he has to throw to but most importantly his offensive line right now is doing very, very well. They're working well together. Tristan Wirfs has been a standout rookie tackle for them. Also, Ali Marpit has looked pretty good. Kappa as well. They have a very good offensive line. If you watch Tom Brady, he has a, a ton of time to throw the ball, and I think that is what le- is leading to him being so effective as a quarterback for this team. 
Yeah, yeah. The Tristan Wirfs is playing really well as a rookie right tackle. Donovan Smith, who it kind of feels like he's been in the NFL forever, but he's holding his own at left tackle. Marpet and Kappa, two guys people weren't really sure about when they first came into the NFL, coming from you know, small schools. They were both facing big jumps in competition, but they've settled in at guard. And not only are they good pass protectors, you know, Brady has only been sacked eight times. And part of that is his ability to dissect defenses and get rid of the ball. But also the offensive line is giving him, giving him the time he needs to find these receivers downfield. And they're also pretty good at at least selling the running game for play action. I, I noticed on tape, Tamp, when Tampa makes use of play action, it's usually effective. Now transitioning to their weaknesses, I, I'm also noticing, and it's not like a major weakness for them, but one thing that is clear in, in very spurts throughout the game, if they're struggling to to move the ball through the air and they can't create some of the, the big plays that they want to by throwing the ball, it's easy to notice that their rushing attack will also struggle. It is not in a, a separate piece of their offense that can operate independently. It, there, there are a lot of instances where in games where I saw them only be able to pick up a couple yards. What allows them to be so good running the ball and why Jones and Fournette separately have had big games is because defenses are forced to bring out lighter packages with more defensive backs and also have less guys in the box. That is that is what they want. They want towards the end of the game to for you to be forced to do that, and then they can run the ball. They're not going to be setting up the run to throw the ball. It's the complete other way around. They're setting up the pass to run the ball. So if things are a little slow for them, they're not going to be able to run the ball as well as they typically would. Yeah, their offensive line is really only middling as run blockers. Uh, I believe Football Outsiders has them ranked roughly middle of the pack, uh, right in that 13 to 15 range. But if teams are able to stack the box against them, which considering their passing game is kind of a gutsy call on the defense's part, they do have difficulty opening up those running lanes. And they do occasionally not, they occasionally miss blocks on the backside and, Fast safeties, fast linebackers can get stops behind the line of scrimmage with good pursuit. But when everything is clicking for them, it's tough for a defense to match up. It's kind of a pick your poison. They run the ball well enough to pick up yards on the ground, but they can be very dangerous through the air. And you know, that's not a great decision to have to make for a defense. We're going to talk about this Buccaneers defense. Before we do so, though, we will be right back after this commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better that's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built 
to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Defensively, this team has taken a a complete 180. They have transformed over the past few years. They were known previously as being one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They have put together a really good group here with all of the young players that they have and also some key veterans. The first young player that you have to mention, Devin White, and he goes in line with how good this whole front seven is, but because of how athletic he he and Levante David are, how fast they are, they really do not give up a lot of open rushing lanes because they're so fast at tracking the football. Yeah, they have invested in their linebacker position. Uh, Devin White, as we know, is a ridiculous athlete. So is Levante David. Yeah, they can come in and plug holes, plug fill gaps. Uh, they pursue well, and they play well in space. So that really does let them have a lot of freedom in their defensive scheme. It gives them a couple of honestly erasers who can pick up the spare if anything gets past their defensive line. And speaking of that defensive line, there is a really talented group. We're going to go a little bit deeper in a second, but I have to point out Shaq Barrett, who last year led the league in sacks. This year is continuing his dominance as a pass rusher, a player that pretty much came out of nowhere for his top-level production. He is working perfectly for what defensive coordinator Todd Bowles wants within his defense. He, he works off very well with having Jason Pierre-Paul opposite of him, and he is going to be a, a bit of an issue for wherever he lines up, most likely going against Andrew Thomas. Yeah, I would say that the combination of Barrett and JPP, you know, right now Barrett only has three sacks on the season, but he is still getting into the backfield. He is still disruptive. And with teams really being forced to devote resources to accounting for him, that's gotten JPP quite a few one-on-one matchups, and he is playing very well. In fact, since the Giants traded him away, he has picked up 26 and a half sacks, which is just a little bit less than a sack start, and that's with suffering a broken neck in a car accident in the middle. They are a formidable pass rush duo. And again, this is a refrain we keep coming back to because the Giants keep facing these really good defensive lines week in, week out. This is kind of the same threat we saw week one against the Steelers. Uh, We saw it against the Bears. So 
with the Washington football team, the Eagles, both Andrew Thomas and Cam Fleming are going to have their work cut out for them. Last players to know, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield Jr. are having fantastic seasons, particularly Winfield Jr. Right now he is a possible contender, not contender, um, he's a possible favorite for the Defensive Rookie of the Year award considering his performance thus far. He has been all over the field making plays. Both him and Davis have been a huge boost for this team, really helping out their secondary take the next step forward. Yeah, those of those of you who are listening dur- during our uh, draft prep shows, you know how big of fans we are of Antoine Winfield Jr. He is... A, a very active safety, great awareness. I uh, picked up a interception against the Raiders off of a tip drill, which was a play he had missed the week before, but he made sure he made it this week. And then Carlton Davis, also Jamel Dean, two young corners out of Auburn, very similar build. They're big, they're physical. They have the ability to match up with a lot of different receivers, and that gives the Buccaneers a lot of options on defense. Now, speaking of the the various strengths and, and their ability to create mismatches, their defensive front is fantastic right now. They have so many talented players besides Barrett, JPP, uh, Nadamakong Su, uh, Golston also as well. That group, despite them losing Vita Vea, has caused some serious fits for opposing offensive lines. And I think what goes well with that is, a, is one, their athleticism at the linebacker position, and two, the aggressiveness, uh, the aggressiveness of Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator. Bowles is not afraid to send a lot of pressure. It, everything works well together because of that play calling, who they have on the back end, who they have playing behind the defensive line, and the, the effectiveness of the defensive line. Yeah, Giants fans should be at least a little bit familiar with Todd Bowles' schemes. Uh, we saw them for years with the Jets. The Giants played, you know, they play the Jets every preseason and every four years. And also, Giants fans got to see a variation on that scheme the last two years with James Betcher, who learned it from Todd Bowles. But this isn't exactly Betcher's scheme. This is this is the original version. This is the, this is the uh, Coke classic of that scheme. And when he is able to get a secondary, he trusts, he is not afraid to bring pressure. And with the pass rushers, he has in his natural pass rush, you know, JPP Barrett, Sue Golston guys, any of whom can beat a one-on-one matchup at any time and really wreck an offensive play. That gives him just a ton of options, a ton of freedom to scheme rushers, to send uh, secondary players, send safety corner blitzes, send linebacker blitzes. And he has the second the players in the secondary to match up in the back end to keep the ball in the quarterback's hands or exploit them, you know, if they make a mistake. Yeah, and I want to just wrap this up with with their strengths with talking about how Todd Bowles is has been so creative as a defensive coordinator. And, and frankly, I think right now Bowles needs to be considered for any available openings for a team that wants a defensive-minded head coach. The, the fact that he was pushed out of New York 
in favor of Adam Gase is a complete joke to me that they, they rushed his situation entirely. He is going to go somewhere else. He is going to find success because what he is doing right now as a defensive coordinator is phenomenal. He creates a, a lot of confusion. He likes to send blitzes, but also disguise them as well. You can't really figure out entirely where that pressure is coming from, and that's a big reason why he is able to find success. He is not afraid to throw whatever he has at him. There was one particular play where he had seven guys lined up uh, near the line of scrimmage, and he sent all seven of them. There were four guys in coverage, and it worked because he trusted his secondary and he also knew that those seven guys that he sent, someone was going to get home and at least disrupt the pass. Yeah, and, and that is what he does. He's great at scheming up matchups for his defense. He's great at exploiting them. And he is really great at creating pressure. You know, that's a thing we saw again and again with the Arizona Cardinals. We saw it again and again with the Jets. And when he has the players to do what he wants to do. His defensive scheme is really capable of wreaking havoc on an offense. And I'm with you. It, it's a, it is an indictment of the Jets organization, the way they have handled their head coaching and general manager positions over the last few years. It, personally, if it was me, I would have kept Todd Bowles, gotten him a good general manager, and let them really build a team. But this show isn't about the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here and continuing our discussion on strengths and now weaknesses. One thing that I noticed or that you noticed, Chris, rather, that I completely agree with that is going to be underrated in this game that might not be something that everybody is going to notice from just straight up watching game broadcasts is the secondary and also the linebackers having some issues with passing guys off in zone coverage. And I noticed that this is a defense that likes to run zone coverage. And there were a lot of the plays from the most recent game against the Las Vegas Raiders, a lot of the plays that they were able to pick up was finding those gaps in zone. And if you're not properly passing guys off, that's how you can create openings and allow offenses to pick up yardage. Yeah, I noticed uh, particularly... Between those young cornerbacks and Jordan Whitehead, a young safety, it, it seemed like they were not quite on the same page with their zone play. You know, there were there were instances where one of the corners would pass off, say uh, Nelson Aguilar, and Whitehead wouldn't recognize that he was being passed off in time to come down and pick him up, and then Aguilar would pick up, you know really an easy 20 yards. So I, I I think that's really just a matter of these young players working together, getting on the same page, getting experience and fine tuning their communication. But that's really not much of a uh, opportunity for the Giants to exploit considering everything going on in front of the secondary and the struggles the Giants offensive line has had against good defensive fronts. And lastly, I would like to point out, Chris, how this team sometimes, this defense sometimes, can allow gains to be picked up by quarterbacks who are good at escaping the pocket, more mobile quarterbacks. And I point to, most recently against the Raiders, Derek Carr might not be an elite athlete like Lamar Jackson, but he still is 
a more mobile quarterback than most. So he was able to pick up some good yardage because the defensive line was over-pursuing and overly aggressive when trying to, to sack him, that he was able to step up into an open lane and pick up that yardage. So that is something we've seen Daniel Jones do pretty well. This is something that you need to pay attention to, that if he is paying attention to the pressure coming at him better than he typically does, he'll have some decent lanes to pick up yardage. Yeah, and I think this could be the thing the Giants exploit. Yeah, After Jones's run last week, despite how it ended, <laughs> defenses aren't going to want to ignore him. And I think the fact that this is the Buccaneers, that you know his first game as an NFL quarterback was last year against the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and he was able to come back. I kind of don't think they have forgotten that, and I don't think they want Daniel Jones to beat them again. So I think we could see the Buccaneers defense play more of those zone coverages that they are struggling with a little bit, just to make sure that their secondary isn't turning its back on Jones and leaving those big holes open. You know, one-on-one, the Buccaneers secondary can probably take most of the Giants receivers out of the game. However, if your guys are doing that, that does leave running lanes and opportunities open for an athletic quarterback to make your defense pay for ignoring them. So I think that will be the one thing to really watch with the Giants taking on this Buccaneers defense. They will, like we said at the top of the podcast, the Giants will have to play a clean game. But if the Buccaneers are playing zone coverage, the Giants will will have those opportunities to take advantage if their communication is off. And if the Buccaneers are playing man coverage, Jones will should have the opportunity to pick up some rushing yardage and uh, extend his lead as the Giants' leading rusher. All right, that is going to be it for us on today's episode of the Chris and Joe Show. Folks, thank you for tuning in as always. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow us on social media at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. Also, be sure to head to our website, BigBlueView.com. Check out our YouTube channel as well. Just search Big Blue View for more wonderful Giants content. Stay tuned Monday night. We will provide you with the instant reaction after the game when the Giants play on Monday Night Football. 